are, we are holding at the end of our introduction uh, to chapter 26, Chavav. And essentially what we said last time was that we have to realize where um, chapter 26 is coming in terms of the, the, uh, the map of Tanya <coughs> and why it's here. And so essentially what we said, we divided up the first two major parts, we said really three major parts of Tanya. The first, uh, essentially, uh, 12 or 11 chapters, uh, we said, was a, a map, a diagram of who you are, who I am, who we are. Uh, we discussed the idea of what the world is like. We discussed the idea of the difference between Kedusha and Klippa. Um, it gave us a, a, a map, really, to work with. That was the idea of the Alter Rebbe in terms of the first 12 chapters. Explains to us uh, both the soul as well as the world, and then explains to us really what are the different levels of a Jewish person. Could they be a tzaddik? Could they be a rasha? Could they be a bainani? And describing what those things are. Chapters 13 through, really 12, but 12 through 17, explain the longer version which is his bainus. That's the longer version. His bainus, holistic changing of oneself to be able to become this uh, superman of a person, which would be the ultimate objective in terms of, excuse me, my own personal avoda in my life. Then we said 18 to 25 is the shorter version, which really essentially can be uh, summed up as a concept of arouse the hidden love that's inside of me. In other words, every Jew has a hidden love. And instead of creating something new, what we want to do is really arouse something that's already there. And for that, what we need to do is we need to, um, we need to um, be able to, at the drop of a dime, be able to just bring out that hidden love. And by bringing out that hidden love, that is going to be able to control us, to control our nefesh of Bahamiuses. And those are really the two different ways of avoida. Then we said, okay, let's say that we've done this, we've tried it, we've tried out the things, and things are just not working. Right? So that's t- chapter 26. So, baram kagon da. So it's a little bit of an interesting beginning to this chapter with these words, but uh, it's coming to uh, try to make a significant impact on us uh, in terms of understanding that what we're about to say here is extremely relevant in terms of our Avodah Hashem and our being alive in this world. And <clears throat> most importantly, enabling us to figure out a way of how am I going to accomplish. Right? How am I going to accomplish these things that we've now set out for the first 25 chapters or so? How is it possible? Tzarich la'idea klal gadol. We have to know a klal gadol, a general rule, right? What is that general rule? The general rule is ki gashmi. So just like to be victorious in terms of a physical scenario, and then he gives an example. Kagon shnei anoshim misapkim zeim lahapil the example that he gives is an example of two people wrestling. 
Abkim is from the word avak. Avak is the word dust, right? Because when two people, he brings Rashi brings when. What, where is the case of wrestling in Torah? Who remembers? Yaakov and the, and and Esav's Malach, right? So the idea is that it says that how the dust, right? It was brought up because of the wrestling, and Dafka that it went up to the Kisei Akavot, etc., etc. The whole story over there. But the concept of Ms. Abkim means the idea that it's a wrestling match. Why a wrestling match? There are basically, in terms of Milchama, you have three, uh, three essential ways of how we could have described this. One way would have been, uh, right, that you're going to shoot a missile, right, from the other side of the world or from at least the other side of the river or something like that, right, in order to destroy your enemy. That's one possibility. Possibility number two is that you're fighting up close, right, with a, with a knife. Or, you know, you pull out a gun or, you know, like, uh, and, and you shoot the other person. All of these two ideas, however, represent ideas that are, you are far away from the other person. It's a very impersonal uh, type of fighting or warring, we can say, right? It's something that's far away. The whole idea of a wrestling match is that you're mamish up close with the other person. You're pulling him, you're, he's pulling you. you. The smell of the sweat, the smell of the other person. The, 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 you're mamish in the other person's daladamos, uh, even more than daladamos. You're, <clears throat> you're up close with that other person. You're completely, almost to the point that your bodies are, are intermingled to the extent of becoming almost like one with another person. This is the idea. This is the example that the Rebbe brings. Because we have one real enemy in the world. The only enemy that we really have in the world is Mamish, is the Yetzirah. That's our enemy in the world. There's nothing else. Everything else is, is something, what else? Something outside of me. The Yetzirah is my enemy. His job in life is to bring me down. In every way. That's the, that's the job of the Yetzirah. And that's what I have to contend with. And it's not in a way that I'm going to contend with him in a way that, you know, uh, I'm going to shoot a missile at him. It doesn't work like that. Or even I can't even pull out a gun and shoot him. He is up close with me, mamish, in my body. When I, as I was telling someone yesterday, I don't remember what I was telling, <clears throat> when I have a thought pop in my head, <coughs> there is as much of a chance that that thought is coming from my Yetzir Tov as it's coming from my Yetzir Hara. That's the idea. It's mamish inside of me. My Yetzir Hara. My biggest enemy is right here with me. Every single moment of the day. Regardless of where I go, regardless of where I come, regardless of anything. This is, this is, this is, the, this is the idea that I am constantly facing. So the idea is, is that my, so I, on the one hand, it's my biggest enemy. On the other hand, it's mamish inside with me. That's my job. So I am constantly wrestling with this. Now, the biggest issue here is that most of the time we don't even realize what we're, who the enemy is. Or we realize it theoretically, but we're totally unaware of all the thoughts that are coming through our minds. You know, it's just like, it's a, it's a going, 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 going. In other words, people think that they could stop their thoughts. You can't stop your thoughts. 
your thoughts are constantly going through your mind and constantly changing your energy from one moment to the next. And very often, the thoughts are coming from your worst enemy. He's literally poisoning us day and night, and we don't even realize it. So the first step in this whole process is to, number one, recognize the enemy, and number two, to recognize that the enemy is mamish inside of me. It's me. I am the enemy. It's inside of me. So that's the beginning of the problem. The beginning of the problem is I've gone through this whole discussion of how oh, I'm going to meditate and I'm going to become this bainani and I'm going to become Superman or I'm going to just you know go to my you know my my hidden love <coughs> my avamisu terrorist I'm going to pull the nuclear you know button whatever you know I'm going to get it I don't even know what I'm fighting against half the time I'm walking around with a big frown on my face I don't even know what I, I, I don't even know what hit me. So the first step in this process is recognize who is the enemy and where do I find him. It's misabkim zebezeh. That's the mushal. Misabkim zebezeh. You have two warriors that are that are wrestling one with the other. The nimshal is. It's all happening inside of me. It's all in my brain. It's happening every single moment of my life, and I don't even know what's happening. I'm walking around depressed, I'm walking around sad, I'm walking around uh, angry, I'm walking around, uh, just look at your face in the mirror half the time. You don't even know like what happened, nothing happened, nothing's going on. It's the Yitzhahara. Yitzhahara is, is pushit, brilliant at its job. And most of the problem is, is I don't even know what's going on. I don't even know, you know, it's like the spy that's inside of the, you know, inside of the country that is causing havoc and you don't even know you know, that there's even a spy there in the first place. And you're like seeing all this craziness going on in the country and you have no idea. How could this be happening? Why is it all of a sudden that the water system is turning off and then the, the, the trains are going derailed and this and going, like, it's like so weird. It's so weird. Like, so you see the outcome and you don't even understand what's happening. Or very often we don't even realize the outcome. We're just walking around in a way in, in these days of life that is like totally not aware of anything. So the Alter Rebbe starts by saying, look, I'm going to give you a mashal. So then he goes even further and you could say to yourself, but wait a minute. If I go back to ch- page 12 or chapter 12, right? And it says over there in chapter 12, what does it say? It says very clearly here, what are you talking about? Right? It says very clearly, What are you talking about? My mayach is shalit alalev. My mayach is controlling the heart. Because we know the mayach is the place where the nefshah lokis is. The heart is the place where the nefshah bahamis. We already learned that in chapter 9. Right? And my mayach is able to control it. Betoldoso. What does it mean, betoldoso? The way it was born. Beteva. Right, Beteva Yitzir also, how it was literally created. Shekach Neitzer Adam Betoldoso. This is the way a person was created. So, what's my problem? I don't have any problems. Look, I'm winning, you know, this nature. And then you turn to chapter 13, and in 13, it turns around and says, 
right? What happens if you have a question? This on this side, this on that side. The Yitzhahara ain't right. This one there. And then he says, right? And then what do you have? You need a third party that's going to win out between them. If you have two parties that are... And the halacha is going to go according to the machriya, which is the one in the middle. Right, smoli. Look, the yitzhahara says something on the, with the left side of the heart. He gives his opinion. Right, and it goes up from the heart to the brain. And immediately the brain comes back and says. Uh, you know, it shouldn't be that way. So they're, they're, they're arguing two lawyers in a class. Shah Nefjal Kis, but Mayach, because the Nefjal Kis in the Mayach, right, etc., etc. And how is the halacha going to go according to the third party, the third person, the third arbitrator? And who is that? Oh, look at that. Hashem's going to stand right next to me and he's going to push my Yetzir Toiv to win and that's going to be the whole case. So now we have two chapters in Tanya that seems to be saying to me, I don't have a problem. What's the issue? Bichlal. I have a Yetzir Toiv, right, that is going to, by nature, win every time. And even if there's an argument, I have the Abishar coming to help me every single time. So what's my problem? I don't even understand what we're even having this chapter for. It makes no sense. We should take this, rip this chapter right out of the book. We don't need it. That's Yofi Tofi, right? Exactly. What? What does Lahafal mean? To f- make him fall, right? So he says, you're right. The Yetzir Tov is much stronger. The Nefeshul Kis is much stronger. The Abishur is standing right next to him to help him out. However, there is a issue. What's our issue? Our issue is that if the stronger one, in back to our muscle, let's say that you have right Superman on one side and, and some regular mortal on the other side, but if Superman is in a state of atzlus, what's atzlus? Laziness. The kavdus. Kavdus is heaviness. Yenutzach bekal. He's able to be beaten. There's kryptonite. There's a kryptonite in the situation here. And if you have kryptonite, so then I don't care how strong Superman is, he is not going to win. So we just described earlier in Tanya how it's impossible for the Nefesh Elokis to lose. Right? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Oymet Alav, Makriya, right? He's standing on top of him. He's going to push the side. Impossible. It's a, it's, it's a, it's Pashat a setup. It's a setup for the win. It's obvious. The Abishter made us that way. However, there's a problem here. The problem is called kryptonite. The problem is called kryptonite. And when you have kryptonite, so then it throws off the entire system. That's the issue. So yes, everything works as long as you don't have kryptonite. Then Superman is always going to win. Impossible to lose. But we know in our lives that from our own personal experiences that it ain't happening that way. Right? It ain't happening that my nephew of the is winning all day long. That's the reality. Right? Like he says in, in Tanya in chapter, uh, in chapter 7, it's impossible for a Jew to have a desire for anything that's unkosher. 
That's what it says there. Impossible. Impossible. So everyone's scratching their heads around the room right now and saying, well, you know, he, I, maybe he didn't have an interview with me before he wrote this book, this Alter Rebbe person, right? He goes, I know that I've had, you know, billions of taivas that are not kosher, you know, uh, you know, besides for, you know, what we were planning to have, you know, the, the, weren't we planning to go to haagen last night? You know, come on, let's go, right? And everything else, that, that, was, the, that was the nicest uh, possible example that I can give without making any, breaking anyone's heart, right? So the idea is, however, that's all well and good when, when everything works the right way. But the Rebbe then went on to say that, however, as we described yesterday, right, there's Kedusha and there's Klippa. And Klippa's Noga is not neutral. It's part of Klippa, right? That's what we talked about yesterday in yesterday's class. And when a person has a desire and he acts upon that taiva for something that is 100% kosher, a kosher steak, a kosher sushi, kosher ice cream, whatever it is, kosher internet. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Is there such a thing? Okay, whatever. Let's not, let's not get into that discussion. Right? What does he do? Let's talk about food. He has this unbelievable taiva for this sushi, which is 100% kosher. But what is he doing? He's causing it to go down. So all of a sudden, the energy of Nat goes into three klipas tomatoes. And all of a sudden, his body begins to get used to getting the energy from three klipas tomatoes. And then all of a sudden, he could have a taiva for something that is coming from three klipas tomatoes. So the Alter Rebbe is telling us, okay, this is the way it was set up, i.e. the world. But Lav Davka, is that the way it's going to work? Because as much as we have a pristine system here, there are problems that we could cause to our life. And with these problems, we change the whole uh, playing field. And that's what he says here. If one of the two wrestlers is ba'atzvus v'kabdus, yinutzach b'kal, he will be beaten easily. And he will be beaten easily and he will fall even if he is much stronger than the other guy. Right? Why does the underdog ever win? Impossible. Because sometimes the underdog has the eye of the tiger and the favorite is just not really there. Not really there. And if the favorite is not really there, they're going to get beaten. And that's what's happening constantly in our life. So he says, Kacha Mamish, right? Kacha is always going now to the, to the uh, what's it called? The Nimshol. B'nitzachana Yetzer. B'nitzachana Yetzer. It says like this, E'ev Sha'alinitzcho. It's impossible to beat him. Wait a minute, what do you mean it's impossible to beat him? We just learned in chapter 12 and 13 it's impossible to lose to him. Not only is it made that it has to listen to the Nefesh Elokis. Nefesh Elokis, we learned in Tanya, all it has to do, a little bit of light, pushes away a lot of darkness, right? Famous song. We all know the words, right? A little bit of light pushes away a lot of darkness, right? We know that concept. So how is it possible that Nefesh Elokis is not going to win? It's impossible. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It goes against everything that we've learned up until chapter 26. It keeps on telling us the same story again and again. A little bit of light pushes away a little darkness. And after the keys, 
All it needs is a little bit of light. However, he says, It's impossible for it to win. If it is in a state of atzlus, laziness, kavdus, heaviness, where does that come from? Nimshachin ma'atzvus betimtum halev, which comes from atzvus and timtum halev. Atzvus. Define atzvus is not, the, I wouldn't say depression, even though ever likes people like to use that word. It's the opposite, it's the opposite of simcha. It's a not being happy with your life, not being satisfied. It's a idea of having a deep, um, problem with something that's going on with you. It's Tim to Malev. That's Atzvus. means the idea of that your heart is blocked. A person's heart, not yours, I, my, my heart is blocked. Blocked from receiving the light of the Nefshalukis. In chapter 29, we're going to see how does that happen. It happens through uh, getting involved in coarse things, getting involved in gashmias, getting involved in things that a person shouldn't be involved in. That causes there to be what is known as a timtumalev. The timtumalev, and if you see the, the words, the way they're written out here, right, that it says like this, right, why that is happening to us. So now, all of a sudden, we don't even realize what's going on. We don't even realize because we have blocked off the possibility of the signal coming through. The signal can't get through. If the signal can't get through, then obviously the Nefesh Alokis is not going to be able to win because it's blocked. It's blocked off in my heart. And that causes, it's a question whether, whether Atzvus comes from Timtum Alev or not. There's a discussion in, in Hasidus. Certain places it seems like it might be. Other places it seems like it's two different in Yanim. Right? But it says like this, Ki im bezrizus ha-nimshachas mesimcha v'pesichas halev. V'tihiraso mikol nidnu daiga v'atzva ba'olam. Now these, these words are like a very, very important phrase to remember in life. The only way to win this battle is when a person has a zrizus. Zrizus means alacrity, right? He's alive. He's light on his feet. Where does that lightness come from? It comes from simcha, right? Upsichas alev, right? Psichas alev would be the opposite of timtum alev, right? Vatihiraso, and a purity, which means what? Which means that the opposite of it is a tuma, death. Right? The idea of timtumalev is death. Depression is death. That's tuma. Tuma is, comes from death, something that's dead. Right? Tahara is something that is pure, that's alive. So, where exactly is the simcha and the psichasalev coming from? It's coming from a tahara mikol nidnu daiga, from a, a purity. From all nidnud, nidnud means something that's like pestering something else, like pestering of daiga, which means, daiga means a worry. Now, where does worry come from? This is the goal of the Nefesh of Bahamias. The goal of the Nefesh of Bahamias is daiga, worry, as opposed to bitachon, 
emuna, knowing that the Abishur is in charge, the Abishur is in charge of everything. Nidnu daiga, it's constantly bothering us. That is the, the cause of our timtum alev also, right? It's a manifestation of it. When a person has a, has a timtum alev, which is coming from getting involved more and more in coarse things and gashmias and whatever, also it gets expressed in this idea of nidnu daiga, that he's constantly worrying, constantly everything is an issue, everything is a problem, right? Which causes the oilam, right? The, the depression, the, the heaviness of the world, meaning that the whole world is looked at from a point of view of, of this, of this, it's not good, it's not okay. I'm, I have difficulties with it, I have problems with it because of me, because of my yeshus. My yeshus is the cause of this whole thing because there's the abishter and then there's me. And I am expressing my yeshus when I am saying, well, I don't think the world should be like this or the world shouldn't be like that or that, that all of a sudden that, that the world is acting this way or the world is acting that way, right? But this is this daiga, that Nefesh of Ahamis wants to create havoc in me by th- saying that the world maybe it's going to be like this, maybe it's going to be like this, I have a suffix, I have a problem, maybe how is it going to be, uh, all that whole energy. The nefesh alukis is calm. The nefesh alukis is in a state of equanimity. Hashavos, as he talks about in Eric Yud Aleph of Igerasa Chaydish. Equanimity. Hein v'lav shavin v'hashava emisis. Those are the words that the Alter Rebbe uses over there. Yes and no are completely equal by the Nefesh Elokis. It could be this way, it could be that way. doesn't matter. It's all good. Because it's coming from the Abishter. Okay, we've just touched on the subject. I have to, st- I have to stop here.